0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory brought to you by Emprise Bank. Find a bank that delivers championship solutions to help you reach your real world goals like 2 3 jet chip wasp or 65 toss power trap. Those are championship game type thinking. Emprise Bank is your partner in possible. Emprise Bank member FDIC. We thank them as always for sponsoring this podcast, for allowing us to bring this content to you on a weekly basis. We love Emprise Bank, and I love to be here with my good pal, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina, because that's where he resides. Matt Lane, Matt, how are we doing today? You know, I'm doing good. I'm actually really
2: happy that that particular ad read had not been used until you did it, because I'm just peering over your right shoulder right now, and it's just, it's perfect. It's it's a Ooh. match made Ooh. in heaven when you get to that ad read, but uh, I'm doing well. I, I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about the Chiefs you know, roster. I think that's what we've been doing on these second shows in the week is kind of diving in to the roster, diving into kind of the certain position groups. But first, I have a really, really important question for everybody. If you're watching this on video, you see that Craig's pictures are drawn from the defensive side. Like That's all you need to know about this man. He has offensive plays, and he had got them made from the defensive side as if he was a defender drawing up this play in the classroom.
1: Listen, if you're going to do it, do it right. And make sure that you're doing it from the defensive side of the ball, the better side of the football, and the side of the football that we are talking about today. But before we get into that, I want to just say... Our good pal Kent Swanson is not here with us today. Uh, We wow. hope he's back very soon. Everything is just fine. I'm sure you guys will all find out very soon why, but we love him. We miss him. We can't wait for him to be back with us. So we'll get back with him shortly, but let's talk about cornerbacks. And we've been going through the Chiefs roster a little bit. We talked about the offensive line. We talked about the defensive end rotation. We've talked about the wide receivers. I think the other position group that a lot of people have a lot of questions about is in the cornerback room. Now, the Chiefs have kind of gone with low assets at the position for a number of years now. They haven't spent a whole lot of money or high draft picks at this position, and you can argue that they've done fairly well with the group that they're playing with, and the mainstay for Steve Spagnuolo the past two years, the guy that's the really the only one at cornerback that's returning is Charvarius Ward, Signed his tender. He is here for this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's the only one that we are for sure at this point that is going to start on the outside. Would you agree with that sentiment, Maddie? Yeah, I think you have to be
0: given
2: the way the off seasons played out. There's been no one brought in to be direct competition to Charvarius Ward on the outside. There might be some in house options that can push him. But as of now, like Craig said, the past two seasons, Charvarius Ward has been manning one of the outside cornerback spots. The guy that has been across from him, Bashad Breland, is no longer on the team. So you're kind of left with Charverius Ward being, I don't want to say your cornerback one because I think we're going to get into that debate here in a little bit, but he's very clearly the most set in stone starter in terms of where he's going to be, and that's on the outside. And is there a player on the Chiefs that has a wider just like thoughts on his play over the past couple seasons, Craig? Because some people think Charvarius mm-hmm. Ward, all they picture is the first Raiders game where he's getting burnt over and over again. Mm-hmm. And other people just have this vision of him being the, a lockdown corner or something along those lines. Like it just seems like the opinions on him are all over the place it, from inside the building a little bit and from outside.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the case. I think. Uh, I think you have a lot of people that remember the good and maybe don't remember the bad and vice versa. Yeah. You know, you're going to have fans like that in every single sport. That's not just chiefs fans. I do think that he's pretty much right down the middle. And, you know, we've kind of talked about him in his two year tenure here that we felt that maybe if the chiefs could find a guy to replace him, that they could upgrade and make the defense better. But he really has played fine on the outside. I mean, the chiefs have not, Suffered, they're about middle of the pack in past DVOA. Uh, Two years ago, they were actually much higher than that. So, you know, metrics that are uh, that take into account the types of passing offenses that you're playing and the, you know, the time in the games that things are happening. They've done well with Charverius Ward on the field, and he's held his own pretty well over there. He's a good tackler. He's a very physical cornerback. He's a very long cornerback. I think we all wish that he had a little bit of better ball skills. I think that that would make him, you know, kind of take that next step into that upper echelon of cornerbacks there. But he is able to be a fine you know, number one or number two cornerback in a Steve Spagnolo scheme that's going to protect him over the top and allow him to play physical. And when we say p- protect over the top, we don't mean like he can't run down the field or anything like that. That's not at all what we mm-hmm. mean. I, but that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying it allows him to press underneath without the fear of if the guy beats him, if if he misses on his press, it's not the most damning thing in the world that that he did that. It gives them the freedom to play physical underneath. And I think that's where Charverius Ward really thrives as a cornerback is being physical and getting his hands on guys. That's definitely where he's at his best.
2: I don't think you're going to, you don't want him trying to mirror receivers all across the field in terms of just like man coverage. You're not trying to have him mirror the route stem, use his change of direction ability to keep up with guys. You'd rather have him getting his hands on them, playing specifically in the vertical third of the field where I have a really tough time, though, is I think Steve Spagnuolo has had to go kind of out of his way to protect both cornerbacks, Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breland over the top, despite playing this kind of match zone defense that is really only asking him to work in a vertical third. They're still having to get some help over the top plenty. Now, the Chiefs have played a lot of, you know, too deep man coverage, so they'll have... The cornerbacks are trying to play in trail technique, safeties will be over the top. I just don't think that Spagnolo wants to do that. I think his hands kind of been forced because the cornerbacks, Breland, Ward, have been so inconsistent on a week in, week out basis. You never know if you're getting the good Charvarius Ward that is a fringe CB1, if I'm being generous, but but you know, a quality CB2 type of player, low in C, or you don't know if you're getting the guy that probably should be coming off the bench. It seems like it's hit or miss each and every week. And I think that's the big issue the Chiefs run into. They don't have a consistent threat on the outside. Charverius Ward hasn't been that. Bashad Breeland wasn't that. He was a little bit closer, maybe, but he wasn't that for the Chiefs. Like, what do we think that Charverius Ward is finally ready to take that step and to become at least a consistent outside corner to where you can rely on him to cover lesser wide receiver ones, Put you know wide receiver twos he can shut him down. Do we think he's at that level yet, or is he still a guy that's going to need that
1: extra help most weeks? I, I mean it, that remains to be seen. Obviously, we'll we'll see how Spagnolo handles that on the outside with this defense this year. But from a financial standpoint, they obviously haven't bought in on Charvarius Ward yet. They're they're kind of you know obviously with the the free agent tender, it just made sense for them to tender him first of all. I mean like it. That's a very cheap tender for a starting cornerback. You're just not going to get that kind of play out of a start, you know, (laughs) for that kind of money almost anywhere. So it's very easy to do that and just kind of wait and see. But I think if the Chiefs felt like he was on the brink of making that sort of next step or that breakout role, I think maybe we would have seen a bigger contract sign. And and maybe there was negotiations. Maybe there still are negotiations. We, you know, we don't know behind the scenes, but, I, I think that the longer that Traverius Ward plays on these sorts of piecemeal, these lesser deals, and that I don't mean to make them sound lesser, lesser money deals, I think that you're you're talking about maybe a guy that they don't believe in quite as much. Now, yeah, oh, go no, ahead. I have, two,
2: I have two questions, and we're ready to start, you know, working towards the end of our Ward conversation. So if you're ready yeah. for them now, I can throw them out no, there. No,
1: look for them. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it
2: without considering the Super Bowl. Let's just say every player in the NFL is eligible for the Pro Bowl. Is Charvarius Ward going to be a Pro Bowl level cornerback this year for the Kansas City Chiefs?
0: Oh,
1: I just don't I I I don't think so because I don't think he'll have the stats. I don't think he's nope. going to have the interceptions and the PBU's just because unless he takes that step forward in his ability to locate the ball. Like that that's the thing right now. If he can do that, he's in position a lot of times. So if he can make some some more of those plays He's got a shot, but as it stands right now, no, I I don't think he's a Pro Bowl guy. Second question: On a scale from one to thirty-five,
2: how confident are you that Charvarius Ward is a chief beyond this season?
1: Ooh, man! See, that's that's a really tough question. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a seventeen. Like I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna go like right down the middle on okay. that because I do think that if he plays well but not phenomenal, that I think the Chiefs might offer him a mid-tier deal and the rest of the NFL might as well. And he may see that as, listen, I, I want to play for Steve Spagnolo. This team is going to be in competition for the Super Bowl every year. This coach knows how to use me to the best of my abilities. Rather than taking maybe a one-year deal and trying to cash in the next year, he might just say, listen, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to work with these guys. I'm going to work with Tyron because I think we all expect Tyron Matthew to be here beyond this year. I'm going to work with Tyron. I'm going to work with Sam Madison, Steve Spagnolo, and know that these guys are going to get the most out of me. And hopefully at the end of that deal, he can make another little bit of money there.
2: That's the hard one for me, just because I do think he kind of has the physical profile and some skills and traits that certain teams are going to covet. So I think you're going to have some teams out there throughout the NFL that are going to see him just even based on what we've seen these past two seasons They'll see his level of play and think they can do certain things with him, and they might be willing to pay him a little bit more than I think the Chiefs clearly are, based on how they've handled this offseason with the tender offerings, not re-signing him, extending him, so on and so forth right now. So I do think there's a good chance there's a team out there that is going to be willing to offer him more money than what the Chiefs think he's going to be worth, which kind of plays into my opinion on the first question that I asked. I wouldn't be stunned if Charvarius were played in, at a Pro Bowl level for the simple fact I just haven't seen it so far. I think there are some issues with his game that are going to prevent him from playing at that level. Like Craig said, the stats, the takeaway numbers aren't that great. He really does struggle to locate the ball up and over his shoulder, and I don't think that he's always in the best position, whether it's by the coaching staff or his own doing, to be this Dominant press cornerback that really gains attention. If you're going to be a press corner that doesn't have ball production, you got to pop on the film week in and week out. I just don't think that's Charveris Ward at this moment in time in this defense. So I don't. I would have to say no to the Pro Bowl. Probably not on the Chiefs the following year. But hopefully he makes a big step this year. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan still. So if he makes a big step, makes me eat all these words. You two thumbs up. Let's do it. Let's get a real cornerback
1: one here. And what you said there, yeah, he's fringe cornerback one. Excellent cornerback too. You agree with me on that sentiment? Like that's that's a really nice cornerback too, to have. Agreed.
2: I would go more towards a average cornerback too. Okay. I think well, that he gets a lot of help in our system. I think he gets you know, a lot of you know. help in the chief system, but I think he's a very competent cornerback too. And I think it, it gets weird when you start labeling stuff with numbers like sure. this because if you slapped him with Jalen Ramsey on the opposite side, you're good. You're completely fine because <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's that good. Whereas if your cornerback one is Steven Nelson or a Joe Hayden type player, I think you're probably looking at like, okay, maybe our cornerback room wasn't super strong. So it depends on the guy across from him. But yeah, he's definitely a cornerback too as of right this moment.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason that I bring that up is because the Chiefs might have a cornerback one. Um, I I think... Based on the types of guys that the Chiefs have entertained this offseason, they've looked at a lot of slot receivers. They went after Kwan Williams, they brought in a few slot receivers. I'm sure we're gonna talk t- or slot uh, defenders that we're gonna talk about here in the upcoming segments. But I think all indications is that Legarius Sneed is going to play on the outside. And if the first three games of last year were any indication of what Legereus Sneed can do in this system, I think he is the CB1 type that the Chiefs have been looking for.
2: Boy, Legereus Sneed sure looked good last year to start the season when he was filling in for Bashad Breland. And uh, Craig, you know what else sure looks good? The KC Sports Network merchandise. You can find it right now if you go to the kcsportsnetwork.com, scroll down a little bit, there's a link on the right-hand side that takes you to the KCSN merchandise store. And one thing, like if you had to look just at one thing on this page for all of you that have subscribed right now from now until September 1st, you are going to have the opportunity to snag a KCSN pullover sweatshirt. It's only going to be on the shop until September 1st. So you're going to want to make sure you get yourself over there soon. And then if you send us proof that you purchased something from the KCSN website, you're going to be entered into a drawing to get some Jackstack barbecue, which also looks really good, tastes even better. It's like, <laughs> this is just the trifecta here. And anyone watching right now, it's not the exact same, but you get a general sense of what you're getting right here with uh, Craig's KCSN merch and swag that he's wearing. I like the collar pop, but yes, back to Legereus Sneed. I'm with Craig. It looks like the Chiefs are looking a little bit more at slot cornerbacks. I think if you listen to Steve Spagnola throughout the offseason, I mean, you've listened to Steve Spagnola. Who do you think he sees as an outside corner besides LeJarius Need on this roster?
1: A Jarverius Ward and probably DeAndre Baker. Like, I think those are the two guys. Uh, Maybe Rashawn Fenton, but I think that the leading candidates are Baker and Ward if I had to just single two guys out.
2: Yeah, and it seems like just the way it's shaping up is Steve Spagnuolo knows that LeJarius Sneed belongs in the football field as much as possible. The way you do that is you play him outside and base. You kick him to the inside if you have to in nickel packages, or he can stay on the outside. I don't think it matters. Spags has brought up both of those options. But when you look at just Sneed's general physical profile and where he was at his best in college, I do think outside corner makes the most sense. He's really lanky. He's a long strider for a slot corner. He was really good at it last year, but he just doesn't have the physical profile you usually see out of great slot corners. So I have no qualms with trying to kick him back outside and seeing if you can match the success that he had to start last season.
1: Yeah, and when you talk about LeJaria Snead, you talk about, Ball skills. So, you know, we just got done talking about Travarius Ward's ball skills. LeGarius Need has phenomenal ball skills, and what Steve Spagnuolo does with his coverage schemes is he likes to funnel the throws to lower percentage spots. He wants to clog the middle of the field. He wants to limit the amount of damage that can be done, especially in the intermediate and deep areas of the middle of the field. He'll give up underneath in the middle, and he's fine with that and have everybody rally to the ball. But on the outside, outside the numbers, he wants to have to make the quarterback make a very difficult throw over the top of his long physical cornerbacks with good athletic profiles. And he wants those guys to be able to locate the ball, go up, and get it in flight. Legerious Sneed did that phenomenally at the NFL level, um, you know, right off the bat. Week one, he was able to do that kinds of stuff. So I think we get to see Lugerious Sneed, in that role, being at his best because of the types of targets that he's going to get, because of what he's going to be allowed to do, and that'll also give Spagnola the option to roll safety help away from the Jerry Sneed because we know that he can carry vertically. That's not the issue, he's going to be able to run with guys, everybody but a Tyree Kill level speed receiver. You know, he's going to be able to run with most wide receiver ones on the outside and challenge the quarterback to try and make a perfect throw over him. And he's probably going to contend at the catch point. So I think it just makes all the sense in the world to play him out there. I think last year, everybody hung on the fact that he was in the slot and he played really well in the slot. I think everybody remembers the impact that he made sacks and everything like that. But what we needed to see was the best three cornerbacks on the field. And I think, The best three cornerbacks on the field last year was him playing in the slot. I'm not so sure that's the case this year. So I would be more than happy to just leave him on the outside all year long. Well, and that's the big question is how do you get the best
2: defensive backs on the field? And I'm not sold on it just having to be three corners. If it ends up being three safeties and you are forced to push Tyron Matthew or Juan Thornhill or somebody into the slot in that regard, so be it. I just want the best five defensive backs out there. LeJarius Sneed is very clearly the second one out of the DB room that you're putting out there after Tyron Matthew. And just going back to how good he was in terms of attacking the ball in his first three games as a rookie, actually, really, it was two and two games, in like a third of the third right. game. He got his hands on five footballs that were thrown his way over barely over two games. That's crazy. And especially when you look at Bashad Breeland a little bit, Charverius Ward, especially it's a complete 180 in terms of just ball skills and the ability to be a playmaker in the secondary I think the chiefs really do want that out of some of these corners. Snead provides that. And yeah, if you push him out wide, you are going to get rid of some of the blitzing ability. You are going to get rid of some of his ability to play in the run fits and stuff like that. I get the concern. So maybe you have him play a little bit of both, but just looking at the chiefs roster right now, I really do think that anytime Snead's off the field, that's a
1: big minus for the chiefs defense as a whole. Yeah, it really is. And if even if you feel confident that DeAndre Baker is going to be able to play well on the outside, if you move Legereus Need to the inside, now all of a sudden you're talking about removing one of Juan Hill or Dan Sorensen. I know a lot of Chiefs fans are going to tell me, oh, just take Dan Sorensen off the field. Throughout two years of Steve Spagnolo's tenure, they have not taken Dan Sorensen off the field and they have purposefully played him all of those nickel snaps or as many of them as possible. So he's a guy that's implicitly earned that trust. I, I know that it's the best five guys, but as it stands right now, I think Dan Sorensen is one of those best five guys. If that's the case, then you want LeJarrius Need on the field, put him on the boundary. That's where you want him. So let's talk a little bit about the slot cornerback position. And I think the guy... That is new to Kansas City, coming to Kansas City, much like our good pals at MacAdoodles would like to do. Sponsor, sponsor MacAdoodles, get a hold of them, bring them to Kansas City. You want them here, a great liquor store, a terrific customer service place. If you are a franchisee, get a hold of Roger, send him an email, info at com, and get a store to Kansas City just like Brett Veach got Mike Hughes to Kansas City. The former first rounder traded for him this offseason, gave up a late day three pick, one of these Brett Veach specials, finding this you know first day guy that he really loves and a guy that he feels like can contribute. So taking that gamble on a guy that a team has fallen out of favor with, I think he projects best for the Chiefs in the slot. What do you think, Matty?
2: I think so. I think that's where you kind of – if you look at the just the profiles, and I've said this a lot, but if you just start to look at the physical makeup of what the Chiefs have brought in lately at cornerback, especially on the outside Ward, Snead when you count him, even Rashad Fitton, DeAndre Baker, I do think that Mike Hughes is a little bit different than those guys. He is a guy that looks like he profiles better to be in the slot. He's a little bit shorter. He's got quicker feet. He's a guy that you don't necessarily want trying to carry everything vertical. Similar to Kendall Fuller when the Chiefs brought him in. When you had, when you had him carrying stuff vertical, playing the football over his shoulder, you got into some big issues. Whereas when everything was in front of him, when he was just working, you know, side to side, using his lateral quickness, his change of direction, that's where he's at his best. I don't think Mike Hughes is anywhere as good as Kendall Fuller is or was when he got to Kansas City, but that's the type of player that I think you're getting with him in terms of a cornerback. So I think. If I'm putting it on paper right now, I think it's perfect to slide Mike Hughes into the slot. But Jerry can stay outside with Charvarius Ward. I think those are your three best corners if I'm matching skill set to position.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Mike Hughes... Is a good blitzer. I think he's explosive. I that's where you really see it kind of show up. It's not necessarily the long speed with Mike Hughes, but it is the explosion, and you want that from the slot. He's also a willing participant in the run game. And anybody who's watched a Steve Spagnuolo you know defense for any amount of time knows that that slot defender has to be physical. He wants a guy that's going to scrap that's going to blitz and be able to lay a hit. He wants a guy that's going to be able to plug an interior gap and come up with a stop against a running back. And you see that out of Mike Hughes. Now, when Mike Hughes was drafted, there was a bit of a dance about where he was going to end up. Was he going to be on the outside? Was he going to be in the slot? Nobody really put him in a concrete position and said, this is where you're going to play learn this position and it kind of shifted from year to year or even game to game in some situations, which is nice to have that versatility, but you didn't see him really progress as a cornerback in his time in the league. You see largely the same player that he was, Coming out of UCF, a player that is raw, needs a little help on his instincts, his man coverage is a little bit sloppy just because he's he's a little grabby, he doesn't under, doesn't always get exactly where the route is going based on other distributions. But that's something that Sam Madison has really gotten the most out of these guys and quickly, especially at the NFL level, eliminating things quickly, you know, helping the mental processing side. And if they can clean up my cues in that regard, who Buddy, that's a first round talent for a reason. Like, I think he could be an elite slot defender, especially with the way that Spagnuolo is going to use his slot defenders this year.
2: You think that's the big trick? I haven't gone back and watched every Mike Hughes kind of rep for the Minnesota Vikings, but I have seen they did move him around a little bit. And I just kind of pulled up his athletic profile here. And I mean, he's coming in below the 50th percentile in terms of height, weight, arm length, wingspan, 40 yard dash. Like he does not have a profile that plays on the outside. I don't think the Chiefs are really going to. Try him at all on the outside. I think he's a guy that is going to be immediately slated in in the slot. And when you start to look at his change in direction, his explosive testing, that's where he fits best. And so you start having these issues where Mike Hughes does get a little over aggressive. He does get grabby. He does look like he'll panic at times you take him out of having to worry about covering the whole field, having to not worry about carrying guys vertically and playing the football over his shoulder. Now you can play faster mentally because you're just worried about a smaller section of the field. You're able, you're better in position to use your strengths. And I think that's where you might see Mike Hughes have a little bit of a rebound year with the Chiefs if he gets to play in the slot and get back to the way he was at UCF where he was a ball hawking playmaking player And you put him in this defense that has found a way to maximize. I mean, Tyron Matthew had arguably his best year in the slot two years ago. LeJarius Sneed had a phenomenal year in the slot. You even jump back, Kendall Fuller was playing pretty well in the slot. Then he had to jump out and kind of play a slot safety hybrid. But they've got – Which he was also very good at. (laughs) absolutely so they've done a really good job with that position and you just look at how hughes plays i think he's starting to kind of match some of the things that these guys do really well so i'm excited to see him get a chance in the slot if that does be the case
1: and i will say this mike hughes looks pretty good funneling from the top down from some of these zone looks especially when he was having to play some of these some of those cover three looks while he was having to come downhill on top of routes that bodes well for some of that slot drop cover too, that Tampa buzz stuff. If you read in the KCSN sub stack, which you should be subscribed by the way, I did a massive article on that this week with videos, and diagrams of how that works for Steve Spagnuolo. He fits in that role. Now, that being said, we've talked about those three cornerbacks. Let's, let's talk about a few of the other guys that are kind of in the mix here. Uh, we mentioned him once already so let's let's go ahead and dive in DeAndre Baker a uh, guy that this the chiefs picked up you know kind of off the street last year brought him in house kept him on the practice squad all year long made some call ups but he really got to show off in week 17 until he broke his femur an an incident that just i mean i realized that these guys are superhuman athletes and supposedly it was a very clean break but the fact that that man is running and is probably going to be ready for the season is beyond me but let's talk about what we saw out of DeAndre Baker and how he projects a little bit on the outside maybe backing up Charvarius Ward or Legereus Need out there.
2: Baker's an interesting guy because I know a lot of people were huge fans of him coming out of Georgia. A lot of people thought he was a really good cornerback and I don't think I was as high on him as a lot of other people. So a guy that I thought was a little undersized, but didn't have the movement ability like a Mike Hughes does to play in the slot. I thought he has to play on the boundary. He probably has to be in a favorable system. It's a lot of zone coverage. will give him help in specific areas, but kind of guess where he landed on a defense that is going to give him help in some areas, allow him to play a lot more zone coverage. So I think you did insert him into a team that's going to utilize him the best way they can. I do think that DeAndre Baker, he played so few snaps to the Chiefs last year. Like, I don't even want to take much away from it. Mm -hmm. I want to say he looked promising enough to keep around. I do think that Chiefs still having him this year is good. Getting him through another offseason where they actually get to bring him into camp, work with him in person, will be really big. I would be a little surprised to see him kick into the slot. So I think he's a guy that's mostly going to play on the outside. I don't know if I have right now, am willing to say that I see a bright future for him as a starter in the NFL anywhere, but I'm glad that the Chiefs are the ones that have him to get to test that out because he did start to come on towards the end of his tenure with the Giants a little bit down the stretch, seemed like he started to pick up the NFL game, learn his athletic limitations in the NFL. And I think that's going to be a big key for him.
1: Yeah, I think it is. And I, you, when you hear Steve Spagnola talk about Deandre Baker, it, it sounds different than it sounds like for some of the other cornerbacks. Like I, I, there's a lot of praise there and it, it's atypical for some of these guys that, that are brought in, you know, mid season and they're on the practice squad, not really getting called. Like there was some focused attention on him and how he was picking up the playbook and the things that Spagnuolo liked. And granted, A lot of that's probably the Chiefs media asking a lot of questions about a former first round draft pick. Another one that Brett Veach was able to get for a song basically. So I'm sure that's part of it, but there's another part that kind of sees the way that Steve Spagnuolo talks about these guys. I think that Spagnuolo really likes Deandre Baker. If I'm being honest, I I think that he does. I think that Sam Madison does. I think they see something there an ability to unlock something there. So I've got a very close eye on him. They got so many bodies that are going to be free agents next year. You know, they got to find one of these guys to stick around at least in a backup role. It doesn't necessarily have to be a starter, but you just can't completely wipe out one whole side of the defense and hope because basically you're, you're going out and you're spending a lot of money or a lot of assets on a position that the chiefs haven't traditionally done that under Brett Veach. So I think that you're hoping that one of these guys works out. And DeAndre Baker certainly has an inside track to do that.
2: And the other guy, I think probably the last guy with starter potential or hope, I should say, for Chiefs fans is going to be Rashad Fenton. I think he's played well in spots for the Chiefs. I think he's also shown why he hasn't earned a starting job as of yet through his first couple seasons in the NFL. But he's played well in spots. I think that if you wanted to make a case that Rashad Fenton should be in the mix to start on the outside in the nickel package, once you move, if you were to move Snead inside and you're fighting for that third cornerback spot, if you're wanting to put Snead back in the slot, you got DeAndre Baker versus Rashad Fenton on the outside, I think that would be a position battle that should be worth monitoring throughout training camp because Finn's got some time outside. He's got some time in the slot. And I'm here to say he really looks better outside. He's just, he's not a guy that looks super comfortable in the slot. I think his zone spacing gets a little lost at times. He doesn't have the quickest defeat and best change of direction. So when you line him up on some quicker slot receivers, it does show up. But you put him on the outside, he's got good ball skills when he can see the football, when he's tracking it over his head. Like he does seem to play it pretty well when he can see it. The problem is when you have him in the slot working behind guys so often, he's just playing catch up without the athletic profile to do so. So I think Craig's with me here and Fitton is a guy that looks a little bit better on the outside and we'd love to see him get a little bit more run out there to see what he has.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I'm not Mr. I'm sticking by my draft takes, you know, no matter what or anything like that, but that was one of my draft takes. Like when, when the Chiefs signed Rashad Fenton or signed drafted Rashad Fenton, I said, okay, well, he's a guy that projects, well on the outside I can see this maybe working maybe this will work and then the Chiefs kept putting him on the inside and I was like why are we doing that why don't we play my man on the outside not that I'm second guessing the Chiefs they obviously know infinitely more than I will ever know but like Rashad Fenton's profile and the things that I like to see him do are things that the Chiefs you know really fit well with on the outside you see often when the chiefs are trying some of these more exotic blitzes or some of that tampa buzz stuff where they're asking they're you know asking guys to rotate deep from the slot rashad fenton does get beat vertically trying to drop to those deep rolls or trying to carry those vertical routes and so spagnuolo doesn't always trust that guy to to do that now if you're on the outside and you are going to give safety help over the top to that guy mostly or it's a lower percentage throw now all of a sudden that changes the way that Rashad Fenton can play the ball and I think that we've seen the times that he's played outside he's made a significant impact way more than we've ever seen out of him in the slot and he's not a bad slot guy again physical dude plays a run well like I mean he checks those two boxes for Spagnolo, but I think I think the things that I like the most about Rashad Fenton really show up well on the outside. So I'd like to see him get a full preseason here playing on the outside. I I think that they need that depth, and he's a guy. We know he can play on the inside for this team. I'd like to see him get just the majority of those reps on the outside for this team in the preseason.
2: So do we have any other corners on this depth chart that you do want to give a couple little shout-outs here? I I will take, real quick, Bo Peakey's. I would make a hard case that he should be in this starter competition if he would go by Ficarious, but since he won't, I really just need to see it. We just haven't seen enough at this point. He's a late day three draft pick, a lot of potential. But he just hasn't realized it yet. He hasn't got there. He's got a good physical profile as an outside corner. But, like, right now, we're still waiting to see the flashes to think that he could become something in the NFL. So, like, keep your eye on him during the little bit of preseason that you get during camp. I think that you might still be another year away for him, though. Is there anybody else out there that's really catching your attention, Craig?
1: Um, Yeah, I'll get to one in a second. But I do think... Bo Pete keys has those ball skills that Spagnola wants. I think that's why yes. they, that's why they traded back in. They really wanted his ball skills, but I also don't think that we've gotten to see anything from him because of the COVID off season. Like I, I think we could be changing our tune about Bo Pete keys midway through training camp, just because he got a regular off season this year. So I, I do think that there is hope for him. I want to talk just a little bit about DiCaprio Boodle just a little bit. I know that he is a fringe guy. Uh, I know he's a guy that is kind of a slot safety hybrid, but as it stands right now, you really only have Mike Hughes and obviously Tyron Matthew that can play in that kind of slot safety role Rashad Fenton could, but I, I think that those two other guys are the ones, if Steve Spagnolo really doesn't want to use Tyron Matthew in the slot, like if he wants to keep him free to move around a little bit more, I think it makes sense to retain another slot type on this roster. I don't think that they're necessarily going to keep just one if that's the case, because if for whatever reason, Mike Hughes were to have gone down or whoever it is that's in the slot of were to have gone down. Now, all of a sudden, it shakes up a lot of stuff. Yes, LeJarrius Need could move in on the inside, but like we just got done saying, we I think he's better suited on the outside. So I would keep an eye on Boodle. I'd keep an eye on Devin Key, like a, a couple of guys that are undrafted free agents that may make the fringe of the roster based on special teams alone.
2: We're gonna get to Devin Key when we do safeties. So like let's not You're jump okay, ahead of fine.
1: ourselves because fine, I, fine, I, fine.
2: If you wanted a really bold prediction as of right now on July eighth, it's put Devin Key in, on your Chiefs roster. I that's just that's where I'm at right now. So I think it's kind of bold, but put him on your roster. I'm gonna say that now, but we'll talk more about that when we get to safety. Fun fact. Uh, Mike Hughes' number one comp on mock draft, a lot of all defensive backs, is DiCaprio Boodle. So mm-hmm. there you go. There's a the guy that you know maybe could be a third string or emergency slot player that I think would be willing to play on special teams, has yeah. cornerback and safety experience. So yeah, I like those two guys, but I think it's uh, time to get out of here on some questions, on the big hitting questions. Kay. First and foremost, who, what is the Chiefs' most prominent favorite Three cornerback set. So, who are the three cornerbacks that get the most
1: snaps when everyone is healthy? And where? Oh, that's uh, they, okay. That's easy for me. It's Charvarius Ward, Legereus Sneed, and Tyron Matthew. Those are the three cornerbacks that play because Tyron Matthew, I think, is going to get first crack at the shot slot just like he did last year.
2: Oh, it's so you, you think when everyone's healthy that you think you're going to get Tyron Matthew
1: in the slot over a Mike Hughes or a Fenton? I I just think that Spagnola is going to want. Dan Sorensen and Juan Thornhill on the field more than wanting Mike Hughes on the field. Mike Hughes is still going to play dime, plenty of dime.
2: I respect it. I think I think that's a very good and safe answer. I'm really holding out that Mike Hughes can, make, can take this job, though. No, no, there's no shade. I think that's probably the smart way to go about this. I'm just really ho- – I like Tyron Matthew in the – I think when he came here, before Kendall Fuller got hurt, When Tyron Matthew first came here, his entire point was, I get to hunt the football. He said that Mm -hmm. 853 times during that (laughs) offseason. I think putting him in the slot does take that ability away from him a little bit. And not that he complained about it or anything like that. But I do think you want him playing as your strong safety, so to speak. You want him being able to move around, be more of a chess piece. So I think the Chiefs would really like Mike Hughes or Rashad Fenton, or somebody to step up and take that slot cornerback role. So I think by the end of the season, Mike Hughes takes the majority of the slot reps. I think Sneed's almost predominantly used on the outside. I think he stays outside most of the year. They have enough guys, I think, to fill in there. And like my final question, who's the first cornerback that the Chiefs have to try to slide to the practice squad?
1: Ooh, I think I think it's going to be Bo Pete Keys because I do think that they really, really, really like him. And I'm not sure if they're able to stash some of these other guys, especially if we get to see DeAndre Baker, Rashad Fenton, playing a little bit more. Rashad Fenton's on this team. I don't know why I even said that. He's going to play special teams and be a major special teamer. So he's, he's never not going to be active. But I don't think that they can stash... Uh, DeAndre Baker on the outside of this roster. I just don't think that there's a, a way to do that. And that's the tricky part. So, with Charvarius
2: Ward, Legerea Sneed, DeAndre Baker, Rashad Fenton, I think we are considering, and Mike Hughes, I would have to assume, like that's five guys that we have in these near locks to make the roster. Are the Chiefs really going to go with six corners and only four safeties as much as they use their safety room? Like, it's mm-hmm. possible. So it's possible they could slide Bo Peakeys, keep him on the roster again, but I, w- I would be with you. I think Bo P. Keys is probably the, the first guy that has to go out of the cornerback room. Hopefully they can figure out something and keep him around because I do think there is a high ceiling there and I would really like him to you know get there with the Chiefs and not the New Orleans Saints who would probably snatch him up immediately. But I, th- I think I'd have to agree with you there on that one, Craig.
1: Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the Casey Laboratory. Again, Brought to you by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. We we thank them so much for bringing this to us. Stay tuned. We'll be back next Tuesday with a final season preview. We'll catch you later.